that in. All right, we're here with uh, Mike this morning, and uh, very excited. We've got a great live audience with us uh, for our podcast today to our listener. Uh, as you know, uh, every week we've got some people playing in some creative spaces. Uh, we've invited them in to share this morning. Our live audience has already been sharing about the stories that were impactful to them growing up. Y'all holler some of those out real quick. Secret Garden, Secret Garden Babysitter's Club, Encyclopedia Brown. And I think what we're finding during the course of these interviews, which is awesome, is there's a common thread throughout all creativity, uh, and that is storytelling. Uh, and that's something that Mike's going to bring us today. Mike, thank you for being here. Uh, Mike, you've already been a win. I told my son uh, last week, I've got the co-creator of VeggieTales coming on the podcast today. And he said, how did you get the co-creator of VeggieTales <laughs> to come on your podcast? And I did not tell him that you know Dwayne and you work with Dwayne that's at right. Lipscomb University. I didn't say any of those, of those things. I just simply said, your dad is just awesome. <laughs> your dad is a really, that's right. He's got the inside scoop. So <laughs> what I want to do is just start here, Mike, and I've not given Mike any questions ahead of time. So just a quick disclaimer there as well. And last week, Mike, the person on our podcast actually turned to me a couple times and said, that's just a bad question. So <laughs> you All can right. definitely do that moving forward right. as well. But first, why why say yes to this? Why even come on our on our on why why come to a class you don't know or anything like that? Oh my goodness. Well, I love well, I love sharing my story, uh, first of all. And of course I know Dwayne and you know, I just you know, I've been at Lipscomb for a number of years and uh, have parked at Woodmont Church in Overflow, <laughs> parking for Lipscomb before. Yeah, to and our so, to our Lipscomb <laughs> listeners, we're sorry for all the parking <laughs> issues. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I just you know I just uh, love coming to share my story and really happy to be here. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So, uh, I would love to hear just your interpretation when people say creative space or creativity in general. Yes. What, yeah. What comes to mind for you? Share your own experience or anything like that. Well, I'd say you know if I were to find creativity, I would I would say it is the generation of the new and the valuable. You know, and and by what I mean by new is I don't think I don't think there's anything truly new under the sun. You know, there's 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 you know, God is the only one who can create out of nothing. So but I think it's the job of the creator uh, of the creative person to be curious and to explore, you know, mm -hmm. and so so it's like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. So you're getting parts on your table as a creative. And then how can I bring those together, these parts, to create something that hasn't existed before in the world? You oh, know? And, man. And, that, that. and now how is that going to help people or be new and valuable? It makes me, uh, that brings energy in me, but it also makes me sad because I pretty much try to beat the why questions out of my daughter. Because right? <laughs> it's, it's really wearing me out. But to, to, to hear you describe that as the, the why that's inside of us yeah, is very, yeah. very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really, you know, and, and it's so exciting and it's hard to do as well, you know. And so, and I think, um, you know, because, you know, how, how can I create something that is, that is really, you know, truly meaningful for, for somebody else? And so that's why I think it's so important to remain curious, to, to be sort of the, you know, we, we talk about the artist explorer, you know, to continually, uh, you know, find, you know, new sources of inspiration, you know, to bring together. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, with that kind of your working definition of creativity in there, give us kind of a, a brief history of Mike. 
so yeah. some inflection points along the way. I know you and I were talking earlier, and yeah. you you moved around a lot, all that kind of stuff growing yeah, up. Yeah. So. Yeah. How, you know, what has your life been like? How did you end up in a creative space? And yeah. just, just some big inflection points, sure. uh, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. I was sharing with Dwayne and his wife earlier. I grew up in a STEM family, you know. So my, <laughs> my dad was an engineer uh, in the Air Force, uh, worked in the space program. Uh, my mom, uh, a nurse, an ER nurse. Uh, my older brother, uh, who's like six or seven years older than me, was a, was a chemistry major. Nothing says free thinking like STEM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's still, and there's still a lot of, obviously, a lot of creativity in there. Um, but my goodness, engineers are among the most creative folks out there. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, I, but I came to Christ uh, at, at an early age, around 13. So I grew up uh, as a Roman Catholic kid, and uh, just very much socially Catholic. Um, culturally, uh, but I came to Christ during a Billy Graham uh, TV crusade. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with my dad, my dad who has recently came to the Lord, uh, you know, what, we were watching it together on the couch and, you know, um, and uh, I gave my life to Jesus and we started attending a Christian and Missionary Alliance church um, uh, in the Virginia area near DC. Now, how old and were you uh, at that time? I was about 13 years old. Okay. And they had like a robust sort of youth group and I started to get involved with the youth group and they had some, you know, drama programs and all that sort of stuff. And I just found like a, a joy in that. And I love to make people laugh, you know, ever since <laughs> I was a kid. And so, um, I would, you know, just, uh, I was a big, um, you know, looking back, big Monty Python fan, big uh, uh, Dr. Demento Radio Hour fan, which is, it was a radio show that played a bunch of parody music. So yeah. I love parody music probably more than regular music. Um, Mel Brooks movie. So I loved all that stuff. And so whenever there was an opportunity that was kind of fostered in church to be in a play or a choir, I really, you know, loved that. And so yeah. I love to be involved. Um, but I just thought, okay, well, you know, this is the world that I'm used to is, you know, first of all, you know, I've got this family environment and now the, the church that I'm going to is very missions minded. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 17 years old, I went forward at a youth convention and dedicated my life, my future vocation to ministry. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that looked like, but in, uh, exactly what that looked like. I wasn't, didn't feel like I was being called to become a pastor, but I put all the pieces in my life together and thought, okay, well, God's calling me to be a missionary doctor. Wow. You know, so that's what, yeah. I'm, that's, so that's what I'm gonna do. And so, <laughs> so I went off to college, to a small denominational college for a year and a half in Minneapolis. Uh, at the time, it was called St. Paul Bible College. It's now called Crown College. Um, and uh, uh, you know, wanted to get some Bible and ministry out of the way and then go to uh, transfer to a college where I could do my pre-med. And, uh, but it was at this college that I met Phil Vischer, who would later become known as Bob the Tomato. Yep. And he and I uh, hit it off right away at a puppet ministry. Um, you know, so we had both done puppets. As people do. As, yeah, yeah. We were, we were all required to do a student ministry, and we were both huge Jim, Jim Henson fans coming into college. Yeah. And so we started writing and performing, and we said that we like to travel around the Minnesota countryside scaring the Baptists with our puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, so we just, but, you know, we had a great, great time. He ended up, he was from Chicago. He went back to Chicago after the first year and a half and got a job, landed a job at a video house. We were gonna go to California and be roommates and he was gonna study you know, film and I was gonna study uh, you know, pre-med. Um, but you know, he, he landed this job. So I moved out to Chicago and enrolled at the University of Illinois Chicago and started, you know, finished out my pre-med program there. But uh, along the way, I got a job where he was working in video post-production. Hmm. And so, so to pay my way through school, I was learning all the 
tools of the trade and all that, and we started to kind of figure out, okay, well, what if we, the computer animation was just starting to emerge at that time. Uh, this was the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And so we thought, well, what if we kind of put this, you know, what we did with puppets together with this new emerging, you know, technology, and you know that ended up being VeggieTales. And so, so by the time I graduated um, uh, my undergrad, and I was ready to go off to um, med school or beyond, my my plan was I was sharing a little bit earlier. I'd apply with Peace Corps, and um, I was going to go teach biology in Africa for two years, and then come back and then go to medical school. Well, the same month that my acceptance letter from Peace Corps came in, we got funding for our very first episode of, of VeggieTales. And so I prayed about it and it's like, God, what do you want me to do? Where, where are my gifts? And, you know, I decided this, that, that this is, was the path that That's God had That's a strong me pivot. It is. Yeah. And I knew it at the time. It was a time in my life where it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I go to Africa and my life looks one That's way. Right. I stay here and do this and my, my life looks totally different. I was aware of that. Yeah. And so it was, it was a big moment. So I'd love for you to describe what, you know, how that played out. And if you ever have regret or anything like that, before you do, I got to share a quick story because it's hilarious that you're talking about uh, Phil playing the voice of the tomato and, and puppet, puppeteering and everything. Yeah. When I was working for a church down in Atlanta, we went in, and uh, another uh, fellow intern and I went and ran and, uh, a inner city camp uh -huh. and we were doing the pup we did puppets and we yeah. literally got tomatoes thrown at us during the during the camp itself wow so that's why wow. your connection with tomatoes and puppeteering <laughs> yeah. is very different very than my different. connection <laughs> than puppeteering and tomatoes oh well. my goodness were they how ripe were these tomatoes oh they splattered they, <laughs> oh good oh okay, yeah okay, they, okay. Were ready, they were ready well they were soft which sure. was nice yeah, so, yeah that's right that's yeah, exactly yeah. right green tomatoes that was hurt. so so your path went one direction do you ever look back at what your path could have been at all or anything like that yeah every once in a while you know I I'm so thankful that it's been what it's been but you know there's been rough times along the way yeah. you know we with VeggieTales you know the you know it took a while to get going but then it really took off in um, you know the mid mid to late 90s and we built a, a huge company we had over 200 employees um, we overbuilt and went through a, a bankruptcy and oh, lost wow. everything wow. and so um, you know I remember in those days you know that was before I moved down to here to Nashville you know that's when the questions started to kind of mm. kind of it's like oh my goodness what would my life what you know should yeah. I have gone this other yeah. direction yeah. you know but the Lord really you know kind of out of that just can let me continue going on we we moved um, a much smaller company down to Nashville but we continued telling stories yeah. and um, you know and now when I see you know meet folks who grew up on VeggieTales a lot of my students have grown up now on VeggieTales and just seeing the impact that that's had on their life I'm yeah. just you know I'm sure that's it's where God wanted me to be anybody else grew up with VeggieTales uh, yeah <laughs> Look at it. Yeah, our kids yeah. did. In fact, I know one of our live audience members immediately came in and just said, Mike, just thank you for yeah. VeggieTales. Oh, I just I love, love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I appreciate you sharing kind of not only the high inflection points, because, you know, you get introduced as a co-creator of VeggieTales, that stirs all kinds of, you know, <laughs> this guy's incredible. But I appreciate you sharing some of those lower inflection points, too, that yeah. happen along the way. Yeah. And what we're finding in some of these interviews is, is, is there is no smooth up and to the right curve no. of, a, of a creative space and no. doing something new and being entrepreneurial and all right. those kind of things. Yes. So speak to that a little bit and maybe share some encouragement, advice for people who are wanting to be creative, but it's a big risk and you right. know there's going to be some downtimes too. Right. Yeah. Well, oh no, I love that question because um, 
you know, there was a lot of doubt in my mind on my own because, you know, as it, as it, so I had never really aimed to create an animated show. It's just something that I, you know, found myself, you know, being a part of. And so when it kind of became a phenomenon and took off, um, you know, my feeling was, well, maybe I, I was just at the right place at the right time. I just got lucky, <laughs> you know, maybe that's yeah. what it was. And so I remember I left, so I was with Big Idea until 2016 full time. Uh, we had been acquired by DreamWorks Animation, and then DreamWorks um, then was acquired by Universal, uh, which is where the, the intellectual property now resides with Universal Pictures. But when, when, Dream, when, when DreamWorks was acquired, um, you know, they shut off the home video unit. And mm -hmm. primarily it's because the business model was no longer there. You know, we had a business model to uh, create for you know DVDs for home home video, and no, nobody in 2016 nobody was buying DVDs anymore, <laughs> so it made sense. Um, but at that point, it was like, okay, you know, I've spent 25 years becoming a really good animated cucumber, maybe one of the top five animated cucumbers in the southeast. <laughs> yeah, easily, <laughs> you know, easily. easily top five for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now what do I do? That's now awesome. what do I do? And so, but I had had I had had an idea. One of the th one of the lines we drew in the sand very quickly, uh, very early on with VeggieTales, was to never depict Jesus as a vegetable, uh, mm. because we were really irreverent with VeggieTales, but we just we just you know knew not to go there. But what that what that limited us in our ability to do was to tell New Testament stories, and yeah. so I had been kicking around an idea for years of okay, you know, it'd be great to do an animated series with to be able to do that. And I came up with this bad pun, the Dead Sea Squirrels, yeah. you know, and uh, so so when I left Big Idea, I started to develop this into an animated idea. Uh, and then a friend of mine who was in the publishing industry said, hey, have you ever thought about this as a, a kid's book series? Mm -hmm. And um, I hadn't, but I thought, wow, that is a really great idea to how to flesh these stories out. And so I went away, did some research, and they came back, and he set up a pitch with Tyndale yeah. Publishers, and I pitched it. Um, but that, that is to say, it's like, you know, even after that success, I had no, there was no clear path to, okay, this is how I'm going to continue you know, making a living, you know, as, as a creative, you know, uh, I've just got to, you know, come up with a story and figure out how to way to tell it. Yeah. And it's gonna, you know, and, and so, um, so I did the book series. Uh, in the meantime, I went to Lipscomb to do my MFA. Steve Taylor, who had been a good friend, uh, you know, had started the film school there. Um, uh, and I developed while I was in my master in the master's program, I, I, I started to develop the books into uh, an animated series, you know, by, by doing adapt screenplay adaptations and all that kind of thing. And so, and then figured out a way, you know, to, with, with Steve and, you know, others, uh, figured out a way to, to, to bring that to life and get funding to, to bring it to life to an animated series. So I would have had no idea coming out of VeggieTales that I would have done this, but it's been just so exciting to see, you know, that I can use, you know, those gifts, you know, in a way to, to, to launch something new. So uh, for our live audience, how many of y'all are familiar, you've heard of the Dead Sea Squirrels? Anybody heard of that? Dwayne, Emily has. All right, I just checked it out, uh, just uh, listening to some of the things that, that Mike's doing leading up to the uh, podcast uh, today, and you've got to check it out. It's <laughs> so creative and everything. Oh, thank One you. of the things I'd love for you to speak to, uh, you mentioned uh, VeggieTales did walk this new line of irreverency. Uh, if I can, yeah, yeah. is that a word, Dwayne? Can I use irreverence? <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne gets on to me all the time because I make up words. Uh, but it does, it does walk this line. It's you know, in a in a space when uh, church at that time was maybe somewhat 
stale, very traditional, those kind of things. Yes. We've got we've got a lot more creativity with church going on today, I think, than we did at that time. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get pushed back? Do you still get pushed back? Because we're we're a class and we're a podcast. You saw at the beginning of the podcast today, I, I showed everybody popping bottles of champagne, my wife and I, for, yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. We walk a little bit of line of irreverent as well at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Did you ever get pushed back? You know, over yeah, over year over the years, we did we did get you know uh, pushback. Um, you know, uh, every once in a while, you know, and I'll hear of you know somebody was telling me a story yesterday. I was at a conference and um, a, f- a friend of theirs who you know would not allow her children to to watch Veggie Tales because you know the stories were not you know biblically accurate. You know, anybody like, anybody have friends or anybody that weren't allowed to watch Veggie Tales? I did. I had, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, what we like to say, though, I mean, how we like to clarify that was, okay, this is an ensemble cast of vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> and they are, they are doing their children's Sunday school version of, you know, of this Bible story. It's not actually the Bible story. You know, you should actually go and read the actual Bible story. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but King George and the Ducky, you know, was was, you know, you know, cloaked. <laughs> it was a cloak story of David and Bathsheba. The <laughs> number know, so. of memories that are, I'm recalling right now. So yeah. Yeah, so, but but we did get that. But I remember, you know, talking about Steve Taylor, who I'm working with now, he was a very early inspiration for me because of his music was was uh, really funny and really satirical in a way that, you know, held out, you know, kind of the, the some of the issues and problems with the church and really showed them in a humorous light, yeah. you know, and so... But the, the 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 things that were the pure and beautiful and like the the and Jesus and the doctrine you know all that pure stuff you know that was that was maintained that maintained its reverency but you know kind of poking at other things that you know it's like to, to kind of you know speak speak truth to power yeah. you know he was doing that in his yeah. in, in his satire and so I love that and um, you know we wanted to you know kind of on a kid friendly way still kind of do that with Veggie Tales yeah, um, yeah. Uh, all right so I'm gonna ask a fairly specific question about my favorite. Uh, VeggieTales was Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. All right, uh, nice, which nice. I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, could you bring us into just the creative development of that? How do you get? How do you get from? We want to tell, to your point, uh, a, a very, very important message of the gospel, of doctrine, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how we can do that? A bunch of vegetables who are pirates and don't, <laughs> don't, do, anything, don't do anything. And that would be my example, but if you may have another example that works better or whatever. But. Oh yeah, well I can tell you a little bit about the development of that. Um, so I have you all heard of the Continental Singers? Does that name ring a bell? They were a group that were out of Los Angeles or out of Southern California that would put together touring groups that would go around uh, the country and the world and sing, you know, sing, you know, yeah, Christian music. Um, primarily during the 80s. And I remember a group came to our church early on, and so I thought, oh, that's really cool. And so I, I ran sound. I was a sound guy for my brother's band in, in high school, and so I tried out as, as a sound tech for the, for the Continental Singers, and I got on a tour that toured the U.S. Uh, and the, we did the southern U.S., went over to Europe for a number of weeks, and then came back and turned the, the, at the end of the summer to turn, tour the northern U.S. And so we were going to be in Boston in the fall. You know, and so I just remember, so I always loved these little silly, you know, kind of goofy little things. So, you know, just on the tour bus, I just started to sing, you know, I've never done this, I've never done this, I've never done this, and I've never been to Boston in the fall. So I just had this in my mind. This was probably when I was like, I don't know, like, I, um, man, how old was I? I was 
18 or 19, still years away from doing VeggieTales. Yeah. And so years later, then I was, you know, kind of trying to come up with a silly song. And I just kind of put together the idea of pirates um, and then never being to Boston in the fall. And then these lazy pirates. And so, you know, and then Perfect created, fit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So all these just goofy things, round, you know. Round peg, round hole, <laughs> That's as right. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's right. As I tell people, you know, it's like, okay, you got a piece here, you got a piece here, you got a piece here. How can you put them together into something yeah. that works? And so that's how that silly song got generated in those characters. And so we use it, you know, so the silly song was first, the Pirates Don't Do Anything song. And so we started to use them other ways. And then when we did the development of Jonah, you know, because that was sort of, you know, kind of water-based, it'd be fun to have the pirates involved with that, telling the yeah. story. And yeah. then they had their own movie after yeah. that. So, yeah, sure. um, but that, so, so the group, you know, that that's how the song started, and then the, the the group of characters were really fun, and that worked. And then we figured out a way to how to kind of fold them into stories. That's awesome. So. All right, somebody texted in what your, what's your favorite veggie song? What's your favorite one? Oh yeah, it's so hard to pick that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I um, I, you know, the hairbrush song was the very first silly song oh, that I wrote. Oh my gosh, it's so, so I good. Like that one. Um, to our listener, <laughs> you go right now. Okay, <laughs> just move away from the podcast and go straight. straight Right now, <laughs> to, to the airbrush song. song, and then there's some more, like more, like uh, I don't know, like the belly button song, and <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I yeah. I need to tell you something. I don't got a belly button. Um, <laughs> so who's not heard of the belly button song? You've not heard that one. Before. Oh yeah, that yeah. one got some great <laughs> giggles. From when I audience. first moved to Nashville and we were looking for a house, it struck me, like in, we moved to Williamson County, and it struck me everything is so beautiful and green and safe here, but yet there's so many gated communities. And, it was just, and so I wrote a song called that's Gated so Community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and so uh, that's another one of my favorites. That's a little more, you know, that's a little more uh, satirical. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so with that, uh-huh, tell yeah. us what are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you, what are you doing now? What, uh, what's now, what, what, what can we be, uh, what should we be on the lookout for for you and and also kind of what's next what do you want to yeah do? so so I am um, I'm, I, I feel like I've got you know two or three full-time jobs and they're all wonderful and I love it but I'm a full-time professor at Lipscomb University right yeah. here in Nashville so yeah. loving that I teach uh, both uh, in the film and animation departments uh, primarily storytelling and voiceover acting that kind of thing uh, and creativity, as we were talking about, um, and then um, uh, and then I, I've authored this children's book series, book twelve of the series, which is the final book in the kind of the bigger story that that I'm telling, comes out in January, uh, and and we're finishing up the animated series based on those first twelve books. We'll finish that up actually before the end of the year, wow. and so we're working. We're, we're on the cusp, it's taking so long, but uh, on getting a distribution deal. So hopefully, yeah. we'll have that out on, uh, on a streamer, on a major streamer next year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's been been busy, but it's been amazing. And you have a podcast as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell so, us about that. So the podcast is called The Bible for Kids, and it's it's not specifically for kids. So it's a little bit of a misnomer, but it's it's <laughs> it's for parents. It's primarily for parents who are looking for biblical resources for their kids. You it's know, like, so it's like going to a safe place and putting a gate up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe we could have a little bit better name for that. But but what we do is 
We basically we 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 inter- every week we interview an author or or a musician or whoever whoever is creating stuff for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the vision behind that podcast is to do kind of what Christian bookstores used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when there still were Christian bookstores, yep. uh, for people who come and sit in and can talk to you know one of the workers there or the owner or kind of browse to say, okay, what's new? Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're talking with authors and and creators about their projects yeah. um, that are coming out. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay, uh, kind of leaning towards our last question so we can get to some of the exercises that you brought uh, for our live audience today too. But um, just being in a creative space, doing what you've done for so long, has it helped you learn more about yourself, build relationship with self, build relationship with others, build relationship with God? What does it mean? And I I know we're bookending because the way you started with the very definition of creativity at the beginning really yeah, yeah, yeah. In, you know, really lifts up that curiosity that God's put in all of us. But right, tell yeah. me a little bit about how you learn more about yourself, how you learn more about others, how you learn about God through this creative space. For the creative space. Um, Wow, you know, I do think, yeah, but with myself, it's like uh, to to continually um, try to stay curious, mm. you know, and not get to the point where it's like, okay, I've got this down, you know, I know I know how the formula works, so I can do it, you know, yeah. so 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 continually to uh, continue to stay curious and then humble about the work too, because it's really hard, and you know, even as 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 good as you can feel about something and put things together, sometimes it just it just doesn't work, you know. Yeah. And just trying to find that, and with others, the importance of including others in the journey, because filmmaking is such a big uh, uh, enterprise, and and I, I just have seen like things that start out from a script, you know, that I've written that I love how much better it can turn out in the end mm-hmm. by the gifts and the work of others as they pour into it. Um, yeah, and so it. it's just such a collaborative effort and, and figuring out, you know, when it's going to be stronger by others' input, you know, and when it's not going to be and just, you know, and just, you know, that, that the value that others uh, add to the creative process is, is amazing. Um, and then, yeah, just, and, and just with God, um, you know, I feel like the, for me this has been a ministry and, um, you know, how can I best serve him in that, in, in, in telling stories to others um, and then just continuing to, to trust that, you know, and, and look to him for provision and for inspiration and for, you know, continuing to, to serve him. I love so. that. That's awesome. Uh, any questions from our audience? All right. Uh, go ahead, Lauren. Why vegetables? Why? That's a great question. So yeah, yeah our, that's a great question. From yes. our audience, why vegetables? Yeah. So, so um, uh, back in the early 90s, late 2000s, when computer animation was just emerging, um, the post house that we were working for had a, had a computer system you know, to, to, to do computer animation. But really at the time, all it was good for was, sh- you know, building like a rigid logo and making it shiny and fly- flying it around. Um, uh, so the, the animation was, an- computer animation was very limited. Um, and so uh, uh, John Lasseter, who would form Pixar mm-hmm. um, years later, uh, was starting to do some early work well, actually, at Pixar at the time, early work at Pixar, but this is before their films. He was doing some um, really groundbreaking work with computer animation, where he was making characters squishy and you know, you know, kind of employing the principles of animation to to make computer animation work. Um, so, so that was really exciting for us. And so, as we started to think about, okay, what kind of show we could make with it, we just needed characters 
that were simple with no limbs, no hair, and no clothes. <laughs> so, because all of those things answer. were just really hard to do on computer. And so, Phil actually modeled a candy bar um, and slapped some eyes on it uh, and started moving it around. Um, and his wife, Lisa, uh, uh, came, walked by. And uh, um, she later became the voice of Junior Asparagus. But she walked by and she said, Phil, I don't think moms are going to appreciate their kids learning uh, biblical values from candy bars, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and so the next thing that popped into Phil's mind was, well, vegetables. vegetables, they're healthy, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the whole reason. That yeah, is yeah. fascinating. That was a yeah, great question. Yeah, great question. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other questions? Top of mind. Uh, Phil, uh, yeah, go ahead. So then prior to Right. They were just sort of, you know, kind of regular, you know, I, I start going up in the puppet mode right now, you know, they were kind of like, uh, <laughs> I, I can just talk right now. Yeah. To, but, our, uh, <laughs> to our listener, you need to come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But sort of that, you know, the Jim Henson Sesame Street type puppets where you've got, you know, you, you've got your puppet hand and then you've got the little sticks where you're working their arms and that sort of thing. So they were just humanoid characters. But with that, a lot, you know, we developed uh, voices for those puppets that then we shifted over to. So my Larry, the Larry voice that I started off with um, that kind of changed over the years, but it was one of the puppets that, you know, I, I did. And so and and we did a lot of the voices. So. So I'm Larry, so there's my Larry voice. Uh, but then also Jean-Claude P. You know, I do all those. I do all those. And then, uh, and so all of those were puppet voices that we were like, okay, we'll just we'll just do those as character voices now for anime. I'm so glad you did that, Mike, because yeah, yeah. that's, that's the question I wanted to ask. But I, was not, I wasn't going to put you on the spot, but I'm so yeah. glad you did that. That made my heart sing. So, so what would... When you were thinking back, you were limited with the technology of animation at the time. Yes. What were the in sort of inflection points there? Like when when did like a new technology come along and you went, ah, now we can tell this story? Yeah. So hang on yeah. one second. Let me repeat yeah. for our listener real yes. quick so they know the question. So the question was basically uh, the inflection points of the uh, development of the technology. What, what did all those look like? Yes. So um, so when I go back and watch our very like first three shows, you know, they're just not that great <laughs> yeah, animation wise, you know, because we were doing a lot of the animation, you know, ourselves, we weren't classically trained, trained animators. Um, and, uh, you know, we were just kind of, you know, taking advantage of it and just telling stories. So we were better storytellers than we were animators. Uh, but when we started to hire people that were trained animators, the, the, this, you know, the animation started to get getting better. But I, but the, to, to your question, uh, the Fib from Outer Space, uh, it's a Larry Boy, you know, kind of Larry Boy superhero. The Fib actually had arms, you know, so that was the first character that kind of had limbs. Um, yeah. So we were able to do that at that point. Uh, so that, that, was a, that was a clear thing. Um, and then we, we kind of felt like by the, and I think that was our sixth or seventh show. Um, uh, no, where, where was Larry? Yeah, that was, that was a little bit later, actually. Um, uh, but by the time we told Larry Boy, we kind of felt like, well, can we start to tell bigger and bigger stories? Because the, the technology now, visually, we're able to do more impressive things now. So now can we tell a, a, like a bigger kind of a feature film story? So, so uh, the Esther, the girl who became queen, was kind of more like cinematic uh, because we wanted to try to see. It was still a shorter story. It was maybe like 45 minutes, but it was, we, we wanted to see if we could kind of you know, do a movie. Uh, and then by the time we got to, uh, Jonah actually started off as a, a video idea to tell a shorter story, but then we're like, okay, this, this has 
um, the ability to go bigger, and we can now, you know, be, you know, kind of tell more of a cinematic story. So at that point, which was, this was about. So we started VeggieTales was in uh, the first episode was in '93, and then Jonah came out in about 2002. You know, so you know, almost 10 years to to get to that point. So, so I have a question about. Um, have a son who uh-huh. may or may not be in this room. <laughs> <laughs> really wants to get into storytelling of, of film. And yeah, yeah. that's what he talks about. And I'm like, that's yeah. so foreign to me. It seems so California. Like, <laughs> if you are in Nashville, yeah. what do you tell people at Lipscomb or people that you come in when they have this desire to tell a story? Yeah. And you have them with people who have parents who have no idea how you get into that kind of thing. But right, yeah, yeah. Let me repeat the question real quick. Yeah, yeah. So the question from our live audience was centered around if somebody uh, shows interest in being a part of uh, this kind of a industry, this kind of a business, this kind of a creative space, uh, how would one get involved in that? Especially if you're in a place like Nashville that's not California or someplace other than that that right. is not traditionally known for that. Right, yeah, yeah. And I, I will say there's a lot of industry now growing in Nashville. Nashville's a great place because it, you know, has a really, it started off with a very vibrant music, you know, art, artistic community, obviously. But, and that has drawn, uh, it just makes it attractive for other creators to kind of come here. So there is a, there is, um, you know, uh, more going on in the arts now other than music and, and including filmmaking. So there's a lot of that happening. But do, I just feel like, you know, that, 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 you know, kind of uh, feeling of of pursuing story and being interested in story is just is just is you know it's just wonderful and, and nurturing that in in our kids. Um, you know, I think uh, for for any any type of uh, art, whether it's film or, or music or, or you know animation, you know the story the story is at the center of that. And how how can I tell a story that's engaging? Uh, with, with engaging characters, with themes that matter to other human beings, and 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 can can um, make emotional connection, and that's kind of you know what I tell my students is if you're in the if you're in the film business, you're in the emotions business. You know how are you going to capture uh, somebody's um, feelings and emotions and and and, and be able to. Uh, you know, to, to get them interested in characters through through storytelling, and so so just developing those uh, you know developing those skills and and, and uh, as a storyteller, I think you know is is where you, where you start, and you can do that through creative writing. Um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the stronger screenwriting students I see, you know, have had you know a lot of great creative writing, and they 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 know what you know. They know what a protagonist is and an antagonist. And they know how to create conflict within story, um, and then it's a matter of okay, how does that now translate over to the screen? How do you write a visual story? And so there's certain ways to you know certain certain ways to do that. So writing for books are very it's very different technically from writing for screen, uh, but those those kind of emotional storytelling principles still still apply. So. I don't know if that answers your question, but just you know, develop. You know, I, I think universally we're all built for story, um, and then kind of training in the craft of specifically how to how to tell that story for screen is is a thing. And there's a lot of opportunity within. I mean, you see the the cast of credits in most movies. I mean, they just go on and on and on. So it takes a lot of people to do it, and there's and there's a lot of different you know places for pe- people to fit their talents in, in the creation of, of films. So. Great question. Awesome. Hi, uh, Mike, what can we be praying uh, about for you? 
what uh, if there's something that our class could be praying about. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I um, uh, you know, just uh, I, I'd love prayers around. Uh, you know, the project that I'm on now with squirrels, that, that we can find our distribution, that it'll get out there. I think it's one of the things I love about the project is it really, it, it shares the gospel with kids in a really, really fun way. Um, and just the, the ability for it to go out there into the culture and for kids to, to see stories about Jesus in the gospel, I think yeah. would be really great. That's and then, awesome. and um, yeah, that I would just, you know, uh, yeah, just... I, I've, I've been really busy and in need of rest. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe, 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 uh, 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 um, yeah, that I could, that I could, that I could find, that I could find those moments where I can rejuvenate too. For That'd sure. Well, we love to end our podcast with a prayer uh, for our guests. So if y'all would join me, let's pray over Mike. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for uh, Mike, his willingness to come in and share uh, his life, his story. Uh, with us. Thank you so much for the vulnerability of sharing all these inflection points, high points, low points uh, along this time. Uh, Thank you so much for the way you've brought us into this idea of being curious uh, about your creation. Uh, And thank you so much for the incredible um, spread of the gospel uh, for children and adolescents that Mike has been a big part of as well. Uh, Our prayer is certainly uh, that you give him glimpses of the good that you were up to in his life uh, in regards to his work. Uh, We pray you open those doors for uh, those distributions and those correct distributions to best spread uh, that good message that he's working on as well. Uh, Please, uh, please, uh, we pray a prayer prayer of blessing, uh, of joy and love and laughter over Mike and his family and all that they have going on as well. Uh, that you'll give them uh, a lot of rest, a lot of rejuvenation in you. Uh, We pray all these things because of Jesus. Amen. Let's thank Mike for 